You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. The serious side of the J. Rao Show is coming up next right here on the TJRS Radio Network online radio at its best. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. No more, it's none of my business. No more, I'm sure they'll work it out. No more, boys will be boys. No more, I'll say something next time. No more, why didn't she tell anyone? No more, she was flirting with him. No more, she's too smart to let that happen. No more, not my problem. No more, he didn't mean it. No more, why doesn't she just leave? No more, he said he was sorry. No more, she was drunk. No more, she was asking for it. No more, she seems just fine to me. No more, she should have been more careful. No more. We don't talk about that. No more bystanding. No more ignorance. No more excuses. No more. No more. No more. WWE Superstar Big Show here to tell you if you've been drinking, get a ride. Take a cab. Find another safe way to get home. Cops all across the country are cracking down on drunk driving. They will see you before you see them. Drive sober or get pulled over. Online radio at its best. Online radio at its best. Hey, 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 good day. If you're ready, map of the south. Let's do this. I'm telling you, I am first very honored that you would join me tonight. He has a very limited time spot, so we want to bring in Mr. Alan Farrell right away. Hey, how are you, Kathleen? You know what? I'm going to make you do what I do, baby. Man, what's crack-a-lackin', baby? What's crack-a-lackin'? It's time for the serious side of the James Brown Show. Don't try to call me out, princess. You can take your love and true purpose and stick it. She's a bitch. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Network. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Giles Snyder. As President Trump expands his trade war with China, he is insisting that none of the leaders of the world's other top economies at this weekend's G7 in France are pressuring him to back off. NPR's Frank Langford reports from the seaside resort of the Euripus. Trump is escalating the trade wars. American allies, the United Kingdom and Germany, worry about recession. Asked if fellow leaders here were urging him to back off, the president said no. I think they uh, respect the trade war. It has to happen. China's been... I can only speak for the United States. I can't say what they've been doing to the U.K. and to other places. But from the standpoint of the United States, what they've done is outrageous. Asked if he had second thoughts about escalating the trade war, the president responded with this. Yeah, for sure. Why not? Might as well. Might as well. Do you have second thoughts about escalating the war? I have second thoughts about everything. Frank Lankford, NPR News. The White House is clarifying what President Trump meant when he responded to that question about second thoughts. Press Secretary Stephanie Grisham has issued a statement saying the president's only regret was in not raising tariffs higher. Lebanon's prime minister accusing Israel of violating Lebanon's sovereignty and attempting to stir up regional tensions. Sajiriri says two Israeli drones crashed today in a suburb of Beirut dominated by Hezbollah. The incident took place after Israel said it struck Iranian forces in Syria who were about to attack Israel. And Pierce Daniel Estern reports from Jerusalem. 
The Israeli army says the elite Iranian Revolutionary Guards Al-Quds Force and pro-Iran militias were planning to launch armed drones to strike Israel. An Israeli army spokesman says the Iranian attack was, quote, imminent, and Israeli fighter jets carried out airstrikes on the militants near Damascus late Saturday. Syria fired anti-aircraft missiles in response. Israel sees Iran as its main enemy and is trying to prevent Iran from building up a military presence next to Israel in Syria. Israel has carried out airstrikes on Iranian targets in Syria in recent years, but it appears Israel is stepping up its campaign in the region. Israel reportedly struck an Iranian arms depot in Iraq last month. Daniel Estrin, NPR News, Jerusalem. Chaos today in Hong Kong. Riot police have deployed water cannon for the first time since pro-democracy demonstrations began in June. The BBC's Stephen McDonald reports that the water cannon was briefly used to clear barricades blocking a road. The truce, if there was one, between hardline pro-democracy activists and the riot police is now well and truly over. We've had a large pitch battle here around about an hour. A lot of Molotov cocktails being thrown, bricks, metal poles, and the police are responding with non-lethal projectiles of their own. And it's not deterring them. Just keep charging in these protesters. This is NPR News. Coming up next on The Serious Side. Taking his questionable rhetoric to new heights, President Trump talked about himself in biblical terms. At one point, looking to the sky as he praised his handling of the economy as godlike. I am the chosen one. Somebody had to do it. So I'm taking on China. I'm taking on China on trade. And you know what? We're winning. The president stirred up more outrage, repeating his belief that Jewish Americans face a loyalty test in the upcoming election. If you vote for a Democrat, you're very, very disloyal to Israel and to the Jewish people. Uh, just yesterday here at this very microphone, uh, you saw some of my colleagues say false and misleading things from this microphone. Uh, you see Omar continue to use terms like people drinking out of toilets not happening in any of those detention facilities. She voted, by the way, against the very funding to help our government provide humanitarian relief for those families that are coming across the border illegally. Our Border Patrol agents were buying diapers with their own money because they had run out of money and she voted against that very funding. And they continue to call for impeachment. Uh, Presley would not even refer to the president uh, by the title. We disagreed with Barack Obama on a lot of things that he did. The policies, as our conference chair laid out, there are a lot of policies that we had disagreements on with Speaker Pelosi and her Socialist Democrats, just like we had disagreements with a lot of Barack Obama's policies, but we never disrespected the office. I called him President of the United States, as we all did. If he asked us to go meet with him at the White House, we went. We expressed our disagreements in a respectful way, but... Uh, what they continue to do to go after him personally, to call for impeachment of the president from day one, the, day, the night they won the majority. I think if I may say so, there's just too many people who are not going to vote for a black candidate, but um, especially a black angry candidate.
Welcome to the serious side of the J. Wilde Show, with Mrs. Vanessa Maybell, Mr. Jerome Esprit, the official texter of the show Mr. Johnny D, and Mr. Elias. Now here is your host, J. Wilde. It's Sunday morning to you folks. Today is August 25th, 2019, and you're in tune to the serious side of the J. Wilde Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network online radio. And it's that's Calling number three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. Like the man said, my name is Jay. Thank you so much for spending a portion of your Sunday morning with us. And as always, I never should have stayed by myself. But I tell you what, it's one of those rare mornings where people are just not in the house this morning. So let me introduce you to who is here. My big sis uh, had a great time with her yesterday uh, on the Jay Rowell show. We'll talk about that a little bit more during the broadcast. Let me bring her in, Miss Vanessa Maybelle from the Macinelli. Good morning, Vanessa. How you doing? Top of the morning to you, Jay. How are you this morning? I'm glad to be here on this beautiful Sunday in Houston. Absolutely. It's a beautiful, beautiful day. Hopefully hopefully the weather's good in your neighborhood. Doing well this morning. Can't complain. A lot going on. A lot to talk about. And uh, you know what they say, less people in the house, more conversation that we can have. So maybe a good well, thing. Let's get it. Let me break That's down. Fine. Right, let's get it in. We can have that conversation. All right, let me break down where everyone else is. Johnny D. Soft this morning had some issues he had to take care of, so he's not here. Mr. Elias is not here this morning. Mr. Elias, if you've been following the show, you know what time of year it is. He's in Louis. He's in uh, Louisville, uh, like he is every time at about this time in the year. So this is unexpected. This is not unexpected for Mr. Elias. And of course, our colleague Mr. Jerome Tree usually joins us after his commitment to Clear Channel Radio. So he's not here as well, but he'll usually be here a little later on. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two is the call-in number. Looks like our director of social media has checked in. Jackie is, uh, usually she's here doing the third set, but she wanted to come in and uh, voice her opinion about some things. Let's bring her in. Let's say good morning to our director of our social media outreach program, the one and only Miss Jackie. Jackie, good morning. How are you? I'm doing well. How's everybody doing? Good morning, Jackie. Good morning. Well, can't complain. Okay, complain is a good morning, uh, and so you know we can't uh, we can't complain. Once again, that number is three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. You guys know the rules by now. If Mr. Elias is not in the house, chat room is not open. Uh, unfortunately, we can't. Uh, I can't monitor the chat and do everything else that I have to do during the broad doing the broadcast. So, which means also, unfortunately, social media people we won't be able to reach out and read your comments. Now, we do have some favorites that we will try to reach out to. Um, and so, Kavita, man, I know you may be out there listening. You can always, you know, go to uh, you can go to my Instagram feed or whatever, brother. You have something to say? I'll read it on the air because you earned that right. And of course, pass to you as well and Mariana Music. Some of our local favorites. We will definitely reach out and uh, try to get your comments on there during Chatterbox. But unfortunately for everyone else, that's just the way it works. Once again, three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. It is August twenty fifth, and it is Sunday, and it's time for the serious side. Let me tell you what we're talking about this morning. It's straight up, and it's nothing, no bones about it. It's not broken down into three segments. We're gonna have just a serious conversation about African Americans. And the question we have for you: If you are an African American listening to this broadcast, are you proud to be an American? Are you proud to be an American after? how some members of this nation, this country, some Americans treated the first black president after eight years of being in office. I think you heard the post leading into the show, uh, Representative Scalise, who, by the way, was shot by a guy who was tired of all this politicking that was going on. He stands up and says that no one on the GOP 
disrespected Barack Obama. I, I mean, I almost fell out of my chair when I heard this. And uh, so we're going to play some of those clips a little later on the show. But this is a straight-up question. You know, are you proud? You know, what makes you proud? Can you forgive America for what it did to the first African-American president? Can you forgive Americans for putting who we, you know who in the White House? It's, a, it's some turbulent times going on in this nation. And unfortunately, we have to sit back and read the book and be part of the program, even if we don't want to. Once again, three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. All right. This past week, Donald Trump said that he was the chosen one. He said that he was the chosen one. No one could do what, you know, what could be done. No American president has ever done what I've done. Now, that's for damn sure. That's a true statement right there. But he goes on to say how he is, the, you know, he's the president of, of, of Israel, and, and, you know, he's the chosen one. And, you know, he looked up to God and said this. And there are reports now that, uh, according to the New York Times, some people in his administration are starting to think that there is something mentally wrong with the president. Let me start with you, Vanessa. If this is going on, I mean, I would like to think people with common sense, people who are good at heart as Americans, people who may have voted for President Obama the first time and decided to vote for this guy, you would like to think that these people are rational. And for them to sit here and put on blindfolds to what this man is doing, what does that say about the folks who blindly support this man? What does it say about these individuals? Okay. So, Jay, um, this morning, I guess, when I woke up, um, the TV was already on MSNBC, and uh, one of the Democrats uh, that is running has friends that are Republicans. And I can't think of that man's name because I was half asleep. He was saying that the Republicans are all staying behind closed doors, at dinner, on the golf course, wherever they hang out, that Donald Trump has lost his mind, that he is crazy, that he thinks he's the Messiah, that they wish they had somebody that could run against him, that they know could actually win. I mean, this man was kind of laying it out this morning, and these people know who they have voted for, Jay. They now know what kind of person Donald Trump is. And you know what? They want for somebody else to run against him. They actually don't want Donald Trump in that spot. But who's got, nobody's running against him. Nobody. And a lot of even on my Facebook page, a lot of them are not even commenting anymore because Donald Trump is so far out there. He is crazy when he says he's doing what God works. Excuse me? I couldn't believe what he said that. And as far as Obama, they didn't even call him President Obama. Just like I don't call Trump President Trump. I call him Trump. Or I call him 45. I don't call him President Trump. So you know what? They did Barack Obama the exact same way. They called him Obama. They called him Barack. They never said President Obama. So you know what? Tit for tat. Tit for tat. And they're getting it back because nobody respects Trump like that either. Well, you know, and, and in fairness, I mean, you're right. There were a lot of people that were disgruntled on the right, like people are currently disgruntled on the left, that will not call Donald Trump President Trump. But there were some Republicans that did call him President Obama. But I get what you're saying. The, you know, most of the, the, the French media, the conservatives, you know, like Obama or Barack Hussein Obama, 
You know, it's just one of those situations where they really went after the guy. And I think what happens is, you know, as we get into the show, we're going to play clips from different commentators over the years, what they said during the eight years of the president's, of President Obama's uh, administration. When you go back and listen to these words, you can't help but to get incensed. You can't help but to be upset. You can't help but think that everything that they said about that guy, and they're not saying anything about this guy, goes to show you that regardless of what side of the aisle that you're on, Jackie, it doesn't matter. People are playing politics. You know, if I were a Republican, I could say, okay, go back and look at what happened in the 90s with Bill Clinton. You know, I mean, the bottom line is I was one of the few independents out there that said, look, they need to impeach this dude because he's the president of the United States and he shouldn't be carrying on like that. And a lot of Democrats come out to me saying, you know what, that's crazy what that man does in his personal time is his business. No, it's not. Not if you're the president of the United States. But it was okay for him to get away doing that stuff because the economy was doing well and, and all those things was happening. So that brings me to my question to you, Jackie. What makes this situation any different? I mean, and what I mean by that is, is that Democrats held their noses and supported the President Clinton when the economy was going well. And, and you know, people will argue you down. Well, you know, uh, he... he uh, you know, what does that have to do with that man is a man? You know, I mean, men don't make mistakes. Okay, well, okay, how's that, how's that not different from what's going on right now? Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's just all crazy. See, Trump, just bottom line, he's your modern-day Nebuchadnezzar. Those of you who don't follow the Bible. You're what? Modern, uh, let me let me get off this. It's your mo- modern day Nebuchadnezzar. I'm I'm going now to the bottle. Wow. Okay, so yeah, if doing. if you're not familiar with the story, he he built this big old gold statue, and he wanted his people to bow down to it. And some bowed, with the exception of the yep. three Hebrew boys. He wanted them to bow and worship him. And Trump is in the same category. I I hate to break it to you, America. You value money. That's your greatest value. I'm talking about the world, the world. The world values money. And when you want to focus on just one thing, you want to just have a president that just focuses on one thing. But that's all you're going to get. I hate to break it to you, America. You have the president that you deserve because of your value system. Now, you can change that. You can change that and actually get off your duff and vote next next year for the right person. I don't I don't know what else to say to you. I mean, they they know who he is. He, he's crazy. And that was that was yeah, it. But, that was like you. What what? No, no. I, I think that. But see, it goes back to. I mean, what? Okay, you think about why? Okay, so why? Here's okay. Let me just ask you. When you vote, what do you vote for? When you vote for a politician, what do you vote for? What, what are you looking for when you vote for a politician? What's your standard? Who? When you vote for a person, what? Why are you voting for that individual? Well, me, I'm voting for him uh, because just to make sure that he is the right person for this country, that he cares about 
first of all, that cares about the country that he's actually going to serve. How about now, that? Got, now, wait a minute. Let, 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 me jump, let me jump in real quick here because I'm just going to push back a little bit now. Was that your same thought process before 2017? I mean, are, are you giving me your, your comments? Are you telling me this is what you were looking for in a candidate before Donald Trump? You know, BDT. Yeah. No, 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 no. Listen, Jack, and I'm not trying. I'm not saying that you're you're lying or anything like that because people change their change, people change their tune. And I know that you know, you know, if we'd have asked someone that that question, would your comments would have been, "I'm looking for someone that cares about the country. I'm looking for someone," because your your response sounds like a person who has been in living in a country where Donald Trump has been president for over two and a half years. Now you see what we have. And you're saying, okay, I need to look. Okay, this is what I want now. Got a taste of what this is, even though I didn't vote for it. I see um, it. I so now this is what I'm looking for. In. Okay. I, I, you didn't that. get it to the extent. You didn't get it to the full extent of where it went. But I saw he okay. was the wrong person then. You may not have seen everything to the fullest of the extent as it's going now. I didn't want him then, but it was like the good old, I was faced with the good old, the lesser of two evils, because I had no stake in, I'm, I'm nonpartisan, so I didn't have no stake in Democrat, Republican, I don't, I'm nonpartisan, okay. so I didn't have to go on that front, but I was faced okay. with the good old, lesser of two evils. <clears throat> I didn't want none of them, I didn't, I didn't want Donald or Hillary, but... I just felt like I had to go with the lesser of the two evils, which clearly to me okay, was fair. Hillary. All right, fair enough. What about you? Same question for you, Vanessa. I mean, when you vote for a candidate, what you're looking for? What are you looking for in a candidate? For me, it has not changed. I am looking for, at the time, last year, I was looking for someone that I thought could help these young people not be in so much student loan debt that uh, a person that came in saying that they weren't going to cut taxes for the rich, which is what I knew Hillary wasn't going to let the rich people get away with as much money as they're getting away with. So okay. I, I, I wasn't going to just say I was voting for party, but I most certainly was not going to vote for Donald Trump because I have been to some of his establishments, and I've heard how he had already treated his people. So I kind of figured he wasn't going to treat us any better as the American people. Mm-hmm. So I knew not to vote for him. Okay, interesting. Interesting. Well, okay, and, and, and I was asking that question because, once again, I know, you know, there, there were some people that I spoke with back in the day, and, you know, it's always we're voting for the well-being for our family, you know. I mean, I talked to a guy specifically back in the day, and it was like, well, we need, you know, man, look, he makes a little money, and he's talking, you know, I need somebody that's going to do this, 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 and this. I asked, I talked to that guy uh, three days ago, and his reason for for voting or what he's looking for in a candidate uh, completely changed. His response was based on living under the Donald Trump presidency for two and a half years 
more years. It's the serious side. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. Show is basically it's a simple question. African Americans, are you proud to be an American after what this country did to the first black president for eight years? He's bringing the smartest man in the world has arrived. He's in the house. The one and only Mr. Jerome Spree from SpreeRadio.net and the man every week that brings you on a need to know basis. Jerome's in the house. Good morning, Jerome. How are you? Hey, good morning. I'm good. How are you? Good morning, outstanding. Hey, good morning. Good morning. So now, uh, you know, the question this morning is a very simple one uh, because, you know, this, you know, I heard, you know, Scalise, not Scalise, but uh, what's the representative from Louisiana? I just had his name on the tip of my tongue. The guy who got um, shot. And uh, what is his name? Oh, man, uh, I forgot his name. Yeah, I just I just said it too actually a few minutes ago, but anyway, he stood up in front of the Scalise. microphone yeah, a few you're right. back and said, uh, said, said no one. That's yes, yeah, Scalise. Yeah, you're right. Cause I'm thinking of uh, the the the, uh, uh, the deceased uh, uh, justice. Uh, I'm thinking of yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, he stood in front of microphones a couple of weeks ago and said that. Republicans, even though they may have disagreed with Barack Obama, that they never, ever disrespected uh, Barack Obama, which made uh, one of, you know, young African-American uh, Republican, uh, Sir Michael Singleton, almost fall out of his seat saying, what? You know, I may be a conservative. I may be a black conservative. And I didn't agree with everything that President Obama put out there. He says, but look. Come on, as an African-American, young African-American boy, he said, I was filled with pride when he won the presidency, and I, I organized a bus trip to go listen to him speak. And for the Republicans to say that they did not disrespect this man is a bald-faced lie, you know? So right. the question is, Jerome, and I'll ask you the very simple question up front. As an African-American, man, how do you feel? I mean, can, can, how, will, we ever, will you ever forgive this country for how it treated the first African-American president? After eight years in office, um, man, that is a tough question. Would I ever forgive? Here's a, ever for forgive me, this country? No, you know what? Here's the thing: if you're not delusional about what this country is, you wouldn't have anything to forgive them for. The issue is, is that your that false sense of uh, of reality that we have as black people being marketed to says that everybody bloody red and everybody is the same and we're all human a part of human family that's a bunch of nonsense right our humanity is totally different than the humanity of the people who come from the viking barbarian like the people who do war that's what they brag about right it's like king Arthur, he slayed this like that is a part of history with with folks and that turmoil is kind of uh, it's, it's pathological, like it's, it's their pathology to some degree, right? And what happens with us is that we have to look at it in a historical context to say, you know, why are indigenous people being slaughtered and all of this colonization happens? Well, because the people who always open up their heart into believe in human family get slaughtered first because the pathology is different. So we, could, we have to ask that question if you want to ask a question about loving somebody or not, or hating or not. Black people don't go around hating white folks. I had this conversation yesterday. They, I think in the back of um, most Europeans' head, and I don't mean that people in Europe, I mean Caucasian folks, um, that 
people seriously believe that if black people got in a different position, that we would do to them what they've done to us, right? And I never really say this out loud, but the truth is, black people don't think like that. That's just not not in us. We don't really think of, of, of turning that back on folks. So loving this country opposed to loving what the country is is very different. I'm very loyal to, you know, I had a reunion of people who went to junior high school with me. I love them. Some of them was mean, spirited kids. Some of them got kicked out, whatever. We're loyal because yeah. we all, you know, flew under the same flag when we played in the parks back in the days. Right? Loyalty mm-hmm. is a strange thing to some people, but black people in turn, um, our humanity kicks in. I don't hold things against them that happened, you know, 10, 15 years ago. You don't hold that against people. So we don't do that as, as much as white folks can demonize somebody. Like, you could demonize Mexican. It's like you can go to a random store, a random Walmart, and somebody white will come up to them and be like, get out of my country. It's like, what is in you <laughs> that makes you have a pathology that you can believe that everybody is the same person. There's there's something to be said. So to ask us that question is really unfair. I think, you know, people need to do deal with young white males and females to some degree to why they're shooting up places massively, why they displace whatever anger and projection on somebody else, get mad at their mother and shoot up at McDonald's. They need to start dealing with that. This has nothing to do with our pathology. And we keep reevaluating ourselves based upon what they are doing. We don't think like that. So, you know, hating the country and loving it is kind of a relative um, question. Of course, we're all loyal to the place that we came from. So if we were overseas, of course, we, we are Americans. That's what we do. Absolutely. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. All right, we're gonna step out, take a real quick break. Uh, and like I said, today's show, simple question. African Americans, are you proud to be an American? After what happened to President Obama and after we have plenty of clips, audio that we're gonna play throughout this show. And you know, just to listen to some of this stuff again makes your skin crawl. It really and truly does. And, you know, it's all about trying to teach people lessons here. You can sit here and say, I voted for Donald Trump for whatever reasons. That's your business. But at the end of the day, to sit here and try to say this man is the greatest president that ever graced the, the White House is a bald-faced lie. And when you sit back and look at everything that this man has done and continues to do, you know, you're walking around with blinders on. Now, one of the reasons why this president is very, very nervous, which is a beautiful segue into this week's edition of In Four Minutes or Less, something that you need to know, the economy. There are signs that the economy is weakening, and we all know that if President Trump becomes a one-term president, as soon as he gets on that Marine One, um, excuse me, Executive One, once he's no longer in office and flies out of here, he could be landing right, he could be landing someplace and authorities could be waiting to talk to him. Yeah, that's a little bit of an over-exaggeration, but at the end of the day, there are a lot of things that are going on, and he has a better chance of escaping some of this stuff uh, if he wins re-election. So I know he's nervous, but everyone in his White House, they're talking about how the uh, economy is doing because he talks the economy. He talks about, oh, I got the greatest economy. I'm the greatest president. And you all know that, okay, (laughs) yeah, he's the greatest president, all right, the greatest lion president. And the fact that he's, you know, he's boasting about an economy, which, you know, listen, in all fairness, he is the president and it hasn't tanked. But in my opinion, it wasn't nothing that he did. He inherited that. 
But yet and still, he goes around, and every microphone that he can find that's open, he says, oh, I inherited a mess. And you know what they say, if you tell a lie so many times, you start believing that lie. If you just keep pushing that message out to the American people, they'll start believing that lie. Let's not get it twisted. The economy is what it was, and the reason why it's coming along is because of Barack Hussein Obama, for all you people who cringe when you hear that middle name. So in this week's edition of Reform Minutes of Life, something that you need to know, the economy's starting to slip a little bit here. You know what I'm saying? So the economy is the, the economy is Donald Trump's long is his strong suit with signs of it weakening. The Trump administration has made moves in the past to erode some of the financial safeguards that was put in place, you know, by the Obama administration. So is the U.S. economy, this is the question, I guess, is the U.S. economy strong enough to withstand another slowdown or recession? And here's part two of that question. Do we feel good that if this happens, the man that's in the White House, oh, my God, are we in trouble or what? Time for this week's edition of Informative Minutes Less, something that you need to know. We'll talk on the other side. You listen to the serious side of the J. Rowell Show. More than a decade ago, the United States lapsed into a severe recession that was accompanied by a big crash in the financial markets. Big banks had to be bailed out by the government. After that happened, Congress passed laws aimed at preventing another meltdown. Now the U.S. economy is showing signs of weakness, and we wondered if the financial system is strong enough to withstand another slowdown or even a recession. Well, we've got NPR's Jim Zeroli on the line to consider this with us. Welcome back, Jim. Hi. So first question out of the gate, is the financial system better prepared for a downturn this time around? You know, it definitely is in some ways. Um, After the subprime mortgage crisis, there was this big push to regulate the financial system, the investment banks and the mortgage lenders and insurance companies that control so much of the money that flows around the world. Um, For instance, Congress passed laws that require banks to keep a bigger capital cushion. The idea is that would protect them if there's a downturn and people start defaulting on their loans. That was part of the Dodd-Frank financial overhaul law. But now the Trump administration has made no secret of the fact that it thinks these regulators went too far and that some of the rules need to be eased, and and they've had some success. Give us an example. Well, uh, one example is the Volcker Rule. Um, Remember, a lot of banks were trading stocks and bonds and taking huge risks before the financial crisis. It was like a casino. The Volcker Rule put a stop to that. It said banks can't trade with their own money, which is guaranteed by the federal government. They can't take those kinds of huge risks anymore. And after the Volcker Rule took effect, this kind of trading just you know, fell off a cliff. Uh, now, just this week, the Trump administration put out a new version of the rule. The new rule won't apply to as many banks as the old one did. So in effect, the administration is watering down the Volcker Rule. I spoke with Carter Doherty of the group Americans for Financial Reform, and he says, um, you know, there's been a fair amount of this. Uh, I asked him whether he, this kind of tinkering would necessarily lead to another financial crisis. No, and I would not make that case. Can you argue persuasively that they will make the next recession more painful than it should be? That is absolutely the case. All right. There are potential danger spots in the economy that we aren't paying enough to uh, paying enough attention to at this point, right? I mean, is that what we're hearing? Yeah, I, I think uh, you know, for instance, one area that is potentially risky is business lending. I mean, companies are borrowing huge amounts of money. They have been for a while. They take out enormous levels of debt so they can acquire companies. 
other companies. You know, the former Fed chair, Janet Yellen, said last October, um, if there is a downturn in the economy, a lot of firms will go bankrupt, she said. It would probably worsen a downturn. And then here was the current Fed chair, Jerome Powell, giving a speech last May. Business debt is at near record levels, and recent issuance has been concentrated in the riskiest segments. As a result, some businesses may come under severe financial strain if the economy deteriorates. And now this, he said this isn't like the subprime mortgage crisis. It doesn't present the same kind of risk because business lending is just a much smaller part of the economy. We just heard Powell say, though, that business debt is at near record levels. I mean, why do businesses need to borrow so much? Well, you know, one reason is they're using it to buy back a lot of their own stock, which causes their share price to go up, makes shareholders happy. But all this borrowing is a a problem because you don't normally expect businesses to cut down on their debt when times are good and they're doing well. And now the opposite is happening. And, And so if the economy keeps slowing, this is a big potential pitfall. That's NPR's Jim Zaroli. Jim, thanks for explaining it. You're welcome. I think if I may say so, there's just too many people who are not going to vote for a black candidate, but um, especially a black angry candidate. Welcome back in 347-850-1272. Give us a serious time to Jay Rouse here, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS radio network, online radio. And it's best. Uh, today's question is a very simple one. And the question is, if you're an African-American, are you proud of uh, what, how this nation treated the first African-American president? Representative Scalise, who was, by the way, shot by a gunman because of the temperature of today's politics, opened his lips to say that no one disrespected President Obama while he was in office. And it just goes to show you the type of lies that comes from these members of Congress. And it seems to me someone like Scalise, um, uh, uh, Vanessa, who had a close encounter with death, knowing how if the you know the rhetoric is high that people will take actions or take things into their own hands. It seems to me that he should be one of the ones with a fan trying to cool this nonsense down. And if you heard the beginning of the show, he talked about how well you know Nancy Pelosi and her socialist uh, friends in Congress. You know you just had to say that. I mean, what was the purpose of you doing this? You know why? Because they're playing politics twenty four seven. And he out of anyone should know that when you do that. You have people with crazy minds who says, okay, I need to eliminate the threat, and guess what? People like him get shot and killed. So why isn't he saying, let me just tap this stuff down? I guess he was trying to by saying, well, you know, we never disrespected President Obama. These people act like there's no such thing as videotapes and transcripts. I I mean, it's amazing to me. Let's say you, Vanessa. Jay, Trump likes that mess. (laughs) like, Trump likes all of the the animosity that he is causing well, in the world he does. today. Of course, he stirs it yes. up. He will say, "Oh, I stopped. Talk- I hurry up and started talking so that they wouldn't do the chanting." No, he didn't. He stands back, smiles, and gloats, counts to ten. Then he says something. He That's likes my point. This drama. That's my point. They act like we can't go he back and pull it. it up. That's my point. I didn't do that. But when really? you but when you old and you going into Alzheimer's or something, Jay, you kind of start to forget your lies that you're telling. And and all of the drama that's going on this week, they were talking in the news in USA Today. 
they were discussing the fact that his daughter and her husband have been just like invisible since he declared that he was the Messiah, more or less. So, you know, even his own kids know that he's crazy, Jay. But they got to stand there until they get their stuff lined up for their families. And uh, that's what Jerry's doing anyway. And that Ivanka is trying to get her clothing line and stuff organized from China. So these kids are getting their futures lined up because they know their daddy crazy. And people are going to find out that he's not as rich as he is or he says he is. That there are some black people right here in Houston that probably got as much money as Trump. So it's going to be interesting to see, and and I keep saying, all of this will take effect in 2020. When 2020 steps in, that's when people are really going to start paying attention. Young people are going to start paying attention, Jay. The old people are already on it. The middle-aged people are already on it. The young ones are going to start listening in 2020, and they're going to start paying attention to Trump. And they're going to realize that their futures are screwed up because of him. They're going to realize that. He is a nutcase. He is a nutcase, Jay. Who in their right mind would want to put Russia back in the G7? And he's trying to get Russia back in the G7. Well, well, I'll answer that question for you. A person who knows that Russia probably has the goods on them. You know what I mean? Come on. I mean, it's obvious how this guy – here's the thing. You know, you have Republicans you, that used to call Democrats commies. Oh, you're a commie. And, and, but now these are the same Republicans that are embracing Donald Trump. Who embraces, you know, a communist leader, Russia? I mean, it is amazing. So anyway, so Scalise said, hey, listen, you know, the Republicans, we never disrespect President Obama. And like I asked the question earlier, do these people, don't, don't they forget that we live in a, in a world where we have access to everything? Here's some of the examples of Republicans not disrespecting President Obama and what's up on the other side. Your President Obama did not Not my him. president, the Manchurian candidate couldn't destroy us faster. So I shamelessly say no. I want him to fail. Headed towards socialism, fascism. They're marching us towards 1984. Are you confident, 100% confident, that Barack Obama can do this job? He wants to transform exceptional private enterprise America into neo-socialist Europe. Socialism. Socialist. Socialist. Socialism would be a real step up. When are we going to wake up and start fighting the fascism? These guys are are Stalinist. Who's the communist? Obama. Welcome to the USSA. We have a chapter in here, is Obama a socialist? We have a president and a Bolshevik. Democratic Congress. President Obama, are you listening? Uh, this is the most greatest wealth destruction I've seen by a president. Country. It'd be like Hitler playing golf with Netanyahu. I feel like we are talking to the Germans after uh, an, um, Hitler comes to power. This is what Hitler did with the SS. They're the enemy. Who's the enemy? Uh... Obama! You just think he doesn't care, huh? I think that he... No, I I really don't. I think if I may say so, there's just too many people who are not going to vote for a black candidate. But, uh, especially a black angry candidate... Who has a deep-seated hatred for white people. I think he is using racial anxiety for political gain. This guy is, I believe, a racist. He did make a very racist comment. I've got a president who I believe actively dislikes people like me. We have to bend over, grab the ankles, bend over forward, backward, whichever. 
because his father was black, because this is the first black president. Core ties to the African continent. His having grown up in Kenya. He is defending racists, and when you defend racism and defend racist acts, it's, it's virtually the same. Go ahead, say it. Well, in the hizzy. Not, in the not, hizzy. Not, so we really have to have him in the white hizzy. What's with all the hoods in the hizzy? Kind of a boys in the hood handshake. This is not the guy that you invite to the White House for poetry reading. What he's trying to do is to, cre is to rekindle the sense of black victimization. How does increasing taxes count as spending cuts in your world, Mr. Obama, maybe in Kenya. President say Trayvon could have been me 35 years ago. I guess because what? He was part of the Chum gang and he smoked pot and he did a little blow. You've decided that chugging a few 40s and rediscovering your Irish is more important. If he had been anything other than African-American, and, and I don't mean to cast his versions on African-Americans, but he would have been impeached and convicted by now. He would be impeached if he weren't America's first black president. I think we're getting close to a high crime and misdemeanor. I believe he's the most lawless president in modern times. Former President Richard Nixon, what he did was child's play compared to the range of corruption. Why wouldn't we impeach this president for not protecting and defending Americans in the bloodbath known as Benghazi? <laughs> Jackie, oh, that was I'm hilarious. just going to see your thoughts, Jackie. Just your <laughs> thoughts. Jackie, DJ, that was deep. Oh, we yeah, absolutely hilarious. Because people need, yeah. people need to hear this. This is ridiculous what's going on right now. Your yes, thoughts, Jackie? Yeah, they, they're, as you can hear, they're full of it. They're, no, no, they're full of it. They, they, don't blow them off they, like that. Like, like just because... The, the the thing that's hilarious about it, and I don't, I, this is not against you, Jackie, not at all. The, what I'm saying is that we blow them off for being so damn crazy, but at the same time, Democrats don't tap into emotion, right? So if a Democrat did propaganda like they do, we'd laugh them up out of here. But you know how many people believe them fools, right? You, I mean, you, we know how many people believe them. They have a whole network. And then the other networks repeat what that network says. That's how many people believe them. But to us, that's why I was saying it's a cultural thing. To us, that was crazy when they said it the first time. Putting all of those clips mm. together gives us a different perspective. Now everybody else can laugh with us. But before, they couldn't see that stuff in real time. They were like, well, the economy. And it's like the economy is not doing better than it was under Obama. GDP growth, they're like at two or something. There was times that Obama was yep. at three and three, two and three, five at four some point. point. Four, four, uh, uh, four, don't short of 4.5 percent. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I was trying to tamp it down just because the extreme is so oh. <laughs> obvious. No, I'm saying, though, people can't swallow stuff in, in chunks. You, you would think the truth is not all of this cracked up to be, right? And shining a mirror, especially to racist and white supremacist people, they feel some kind of way about you telling them that they're white supremacist. But if you look at their actions, like you ran those clips, anybody can see, like, man, they were real biased. But you could not see it in real time, which means that you have a, a, a little bit of that in you because you believe that that stuff was true at the time. So if you're going to say something like Obama hates white people, it's like Trump is showing you that he hates everybody that's not white, but that don't bother you. <laughs> but not liking a white person, hey, that is like the death penalty in this piece, right? 
people get, it is hard for them to process. And I think that anybody, and I mean black or white, though, because there are black people who support Trump who thinks that it's good that he's doing what he's doing because their belief is that it will wake black people up. You don't have to wake black folks up. But they're like, if we show you an extreme contrast, you'll see how foul everybody else is. But when it comes down to it, their hate for Obama has a lot to do with him being black than it has him to do with even being liberal or Democrat or anything else. I think they hate that everybody else liked him or still like him. I think that's where hate comes from. Go ahead. Like you said, Jerome, I, I mean, anybody – Think about all the things that these were Republicans talking about President Obama, an administration that had no scandals. They keep bringing this Benghazi thing up. We keep debunking that truth, that lie, I should say, because the bottom line is Republicans win support a bill to pay for more securities for embassies around the world. But yet and still, they run up in front of a microphone. Oh, my God, there should have been better forces there. You know why? Because they play to the American people's ignorance of how legis- the legislative bodies work. You know, we talked about this a few years ago, Jerome, how Republicans fought President Obama on, uh, on the stimulus package. Oh, my God, we're going to be in debt, blah, blah, blah. But guess what you saw? You saw pictures of them in their communities with their constituents holding these big-ass checks fake checks that came from the stimulus package. Oh, thank you, Mr. Republican, for getting this for our community. Yeah, that's the same guy that voted against it. But see, you're not paying attention. You're looking at the photo ops. You know, this is the same guy who goes on Fox News and talks about, oh, this is too much money. But then they show letters from these same people sending to, to the president saying, hey, Mr. President, you know, we appreciate you sending the stimulus package. Don't send this to the, to, you know, the president. They're not going to put it in front of the media. But we're going to sit this and say thank you. But we're going to go out here and run in front of a microphone, Jerome, and lie and say, we, you know, this is crazy. This president is going to – our grandchildren are going to be in debt. These are the same guys that are supporting them, who the debt is going higher and higher every freaking day that he's in the White House. Unbelievable. Right. Unbelievable. Eh. I just – People are not realizing how much money it is costing us as Americans to have secret service for Donald Trump's family and all those kajillion children he got scattered all over the world. So, I mean, if his two sons are going shooting the the lions and the tigers and the bears like they're doing uh, because Donald Trump opened that up, then the secret service is there. If his a bunker is somewhere, they got one there. They got one at the little boy's school. They got one with the wife. They got one with the other daughter. People are not realizing how much money it is costing us a day to have secret service with for Donald Trump's entire family. It is more already at the second year, not at the of the, the third year. At the second year, it has already been more than what. Obama and his family had done for the whole eight years. Eight years. Donald Trump has already passed by that. So people need to wake up. I don't care what uh, political party they're in and realize if they have children, especially if they got grandchildren, 
that those kids better be set up a 401k, a stock portfolio, and anything else they can get their hands on because they are already discussing taking the age up to 70 for Social Security and on top of to borrow against Social Security. Yeah. Yeah, nobody's paying attention I, to this stuff. You know, you were you were outraged. Go ahead, Jackie. Go ahead, something you want to say something. Go ahead. No, I just wanted to because um, really to direct today's question, I just wanted to direct it. I I want to make it very clear that I am proud to be an African American because uh, it doesn't matter. Look, God is in control. No matter who's president. Now the question now, is, am I crazy are you proud to be an African? Jackie, real quick, the question is not if you're proud to be an African American. The question is, are you proud to be an African American in an America that treated the first African American president the way they have? You just heard some of the clips. We're going to play one after you finish your thoughts. Are you proud of this country at the way they reacted to the first African American president? No. How it continues. I ain't crazy about that. How they treated them. Okay. I, I'm not okay. crazy about that, but I mean, President Obama did what he could do, even amidst the blocks, amidst all the blocks. I mean, he did what he could do. Mm-hmm. And of course he did. He did what he, he did what he could do, and I, I think on. Too many of our parts, I think too many of us, we voted and then expected him to wave his black magic wand to fix everything. Yep. But but you can't you can't sit back. He really didn't have as much as our support as he needed. We expected he. I mean, I'm telling you, some some of us expected him to wave his black magic wand. But that's not the way this works. He's the president of the whole of the United States. But no question he was blocked, too. He was clearly blocked by the GOP. They blocked him. Yeah. So that's... Yeah, I, I mean... So there you go. In, in fairness to both sides, did we really support yeah. him as needed? And we didn't. We didn't. Well, I mean, that's right, yeah, but see, the question is, it didn't say, you know, it said some Americans, some of those Americans are African-American Americans. You know, you know, my colleagues were really laughing at, you know, some of the clips that they heard, some of the things people were saying back in that. I'm going to leave you with another one before we step out here to go to break, because I think it's important for you to hear what was going on during those eight years. It's ridiculous what was happening. Here's another clip, and we'll be back on the other side of this. <laughs> Just here, I'll give you one on the way out. Listen to this, and uh, we'll be back after it. Pretty much every day has been an impeachable offense. Can you just show us the birth certificate? Why wouldn't President Obama release his birth certificate? God does not have a birth certificate, neither does Obama. This has clearly been photocopied from a book. You see that? It kind of folds back, almost like the binding of a book. I've heard that number before, $2 million that he's spending to not have to show the birth certificate. There's a green border around it. That had to be photoshopped in. I'm trying to figure out yeah. why they Well, this whole border is suspect. If he had immigrated here, he'd probably love America more. A fist bump, a pound, a terrorist fist jab. The president just seems to be very uncomfortable being uh, commander-in-chief. Did you see the latte salute? 
It's not a latte salute, it's a chai salute. Our country's left less safe today. He believes the bad guys are the American people. Barack Obama apparently is willing to uh, to roll the dice on that because he made these promises. Well, he's rolling them. He because if we get hit again, he's through. There it is again. What is that? That is a flag pin. You're not wearing a lapel pin, are you? I will wear one. They just hate the flag. Do you notice anything unusual about this picture? There's no Bible. President Obama has offered to, to pay out of his own pocket for the Museum of, of Muslim Culture. He's more concerned about protecting the image of Islam than protecting the people of the United well, States. And we have a president who is aligned with the jihad force. You're declaring war on this country with a bunch of jihadis you brought in. You did it, you son of a bitch. No, he's not a Muslim. He's an atheist. He's an Arab. His middle name does matter. He wants to be known as Barack Hussein Obama. Here's a person who says he's a Christian. All right, let's take him at face value. Let's just to say that that's correct. But what kind of Christian? Where did he announce? I don't know. Where did he announce? I believe that he is a Muslim. Well, he's not a Muslim. Well, we don't. No, he's not. Well, no, we do know. How many do you believe that here? How many believe? I do think it's quite possible he is Muslim, even though he says he is Christian. Why do they think he's a Muslim? Barack Obama's emotional attachment to the Muslim world has hurt the USA. President Obama was soft, almost subservient to the Muslim world. Deep emotional ties to Islam. I don't hate Obama. He's only been to church like four times since he's been president. It's amazing to listen to this nonsense. All right, we're going to step out and take a quick break. We'll be back on the other side, and uh, can't wait to hear what my colleagues have to say about that rendition of not disrespecting President Obama. We'll be right back after this. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to the serious side of the J. Miles Show.
is our caller number, 347 You're listening to the serious side of the J-Rod Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio at its best. Of course, I'm Jay Riles. Time to say good morning to our just the greatest panelists in the world. Let's say good morning to the one and only Miss Vanessa Mae Belly from the Mackinac. Good morning, Vanessa. How are you? Good morning. Good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing this morning? Glad to have y'all with us. Yeah, absolutely. Enjoy the ride. Smartest man in the world, Mr. Jerome is freezing in the house. Good morning, Jerome. How are you? Yes, sir. Good morning, man. I'm good. How are you? Doing outstanding. Mr. Johnny D usually is here on every Sunday morning, but today he couldn't be in the day, so he's off today. Mr. Elias, of course, if you follow the show, this is the time of the year when Mr. Elias is in Louisiana. I'm sorry, not Louisiana, Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, so he's never here during this time. So Mr. Elias is off the Sunday. Can't wait till he's back in the house. And of course, at this time, we usually say good morning to people in the world famous chat. Uh, chat room's not open because when Mr. Elias is not here, I can't monitor it. And uh, that means that I also can't monitor the many social media sites that I monitor throughout the broadcast as well. However, I will say hello to those people that I think that are in the house. You say what's up to Katrina Man. Easy, I think he's in the house. Uh, also, Marianne, the music, the pastors in the house. What's going on, Pastor? What's happening to you? Uh, Ricky, you know, Ricky usually listens every Sunday, and he kind of reminded me that I never mention his name as much. So, Ricky, what's going on, man? I know you listen as well. Good morning, good morning. And to everyone else who may be uh, within or can hear the sounds of my voice, thank you so much for being a part of the serious side. Now it's time to introduce you to our director of social media outreach, the one and only Jackie, is here to tell us not only is she sitting in this morning, which is a pleasant surprise, also she can tell us how you can stay in contact with the show when the show's not live. So, Jackie, floor is yours. What's going on? Uh, if you want more info about the TJRS Radio Network, please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And all three pages have the same ending handle, facebook.com slash groups, twitter.com, instagram.com slash TJRS Radio. And, of course, we are still in celebration of 10 years of the TJRS Radio Network. Just everybody, um, just much love to you always. If you missed the wonderful anniversary shows that was done this past week, I welcome you to uh, check it out, of course, in the archives as well as I'll uh, repost them again uh, throughout the week. Um, Just a great uh, update on people who are part of this network is just proud of everybody and what they're doing. Just shout out as always to the founders of the TJRS Radio Network Jay Ryle and Mr. Elias just so love and appreciate uh, just being a part of what you do and just keep up the great work. Thank you so much. Uh, just to speak, uh, since uh, we're not going around the horn and saying how the people out there, it was. It was a great anniversary show, a uh, great two days, uh, just uh, amazing to see and hear from people getting updates as far as what's going on with Mr. Terry, Momo B, 
Ernest in the house. Uh, and the fact that, let me give a real big shout out to you guys who are listening out there on Player, Player FM. You know, I get phone notifications when you download shows. And boy, you guys really were downloading, especially yesterday's show. I thought yesterday's show was a pretty good show. We heard from Hollywood yesterday. Talked about some things that we have on the agenda that we may need to start trying to do to kind of rekindle some of that spirit. So obviously when you're with the group that really brought you to where you are today, you know, going down memory lane, talking about where everyone is, just talking about life changes was a good thing. Uh, but boy, I tell you, you guys really wanted to hear. So thank you, especially on Player FM. Uh, man, a lot of uh, downloads for those shows. And it's a good thing. And it increased too, because it gives me those numbers as well. So appreciate you. Thank you so much. Uh, it's been a fun 10 years. Um, yesterday's show, we played some of the intros and some uh, some some portions from other shows that were on this network. You heard Miss Kathleen Williams from Adam Where Art Thou. You heard the True Purpose Development show yesterday. A little bit of that you heard. Ladies First Radio. Just back down memory lane. You can always. Powerhouse Sports Talk Radio was another one that you got a little whiff of yesterday. But uh, very great conversation with Vanessa and uh, Hollywood yesterday. Just good radio. Go back and listen to it. And also, go back and check out what your favorite uh, TGRS radio network personalities have been doing since we were last on the air in 2016 of January. Three and a half years ago, the Jay Rouse show was on the air uh, last. And man, time flies and you're having fun, as they say. All right, 347 Present day and time, the serious side of the Jay Rouse show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS radio network online radio at its best. We're talking about, we're asking questions to the African Americans that are out there. Republican, Democrat, Independent, are you proud to be an American? Especially after they treated the first African American president of this nation. It is unreal what this man had to endure. And when you go back and listen to the clips like Jerome just mentioned in the last block, it's even more hilarious. And when you put it all together and mash it all up, you're thinking to yourself, damn, did we really operate this way? I tell you what, I have more. There's another clip from people just disrespecting the first African American president. We'll talk on the other side. President Obama has taken fewer vacation days than Ronald Reagan or yeah. uh, Bush the Younger, and you say? I say you should take more. Obama's taking a vacation every five minutes. Where's the leadership? On the golf course? Is this what leadership looks like? 115 or 16 golf outings? Is he ever working? Oh, it's not even Marxism. Mm-mm. Older than 1848. It was, um... The man who portrays the devil looks a lot like the President of the United States. Folks, I've been told this by high-up folks. They say, listen, Obama and Hillary both smell like sulfur. They smell like hell. We're the young girl saying, no, no, help me, and the government is Roman Polanski. President Obama who wants mandate circumcision. I feel like President Obama is just saying, you know what? <laughs> but our president is, frankly, out of his mind. You're a slimeball that hates this country and is allied with a bunch of people wearing nightgowns. He bashes FNC more than ISIS, and we don't behead anybody. I just love my country. Do you think Obama is a crypto-Muslim? I mean, this guy is such a total pussy. We need to do something to pray to be delivered from this president who is, he is a disaster. I can tell you are super angry, and I asked you what your reaction was, but I got to call you. I, you can't use language like that on the program, okay? I'm sorry. sorry. Okay, accept that. Now, moving on. <laughs> 
some of the voices that you heard throughout that little nonsense was you heard Pat Robinson talking about he's praying to God uh, about this president. I mean, you know, a president who has a beautiful family, not a president who's, you know, boning chicks on the side and, you know, talking about grabbing the private parts, not a president who's paid off porn stars. You know, because the Bible teaches us that that's what Jesus did, right? That's what Jesus did back in the day. He paid off porn stars and did all this nonsense, right? These are the same people, these Bible-thumping people who talked about praying to God to deliver us from Obama but are embracing this racist, uh, blasphemous, unfaithful, uh, lying ass president that's currently in the White House. You also heard Rush Limbaugh in there. You know, Rush Limbaugh, the guy that has the gold mic and brags about how great America is, and, you know, he got the American flag in the background. This is the same guy who dodged the draft. That guy. You know, the guy who had, uh, who, who had because knee his issues. Foot hurt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's the same guy. You know, he's America is this. It's the same guy that wouldn't put a uniform on and go fight for this country. But he's a patriot because he sits in his fat ass all day and make millions of dollars and a million of you sheep listen to this fool? Is that what we're talking about? You heard Huckleberry in there. I mean, enough said. You heard Sean Hannity with his lying ass all through those clips. And Coulter. I mean, boy, I tell you what, this is the A-list of A-listers. This is what you heard doing all that nonsense. Alex Jones was finally somebody shut his crazy ass down. You heard all these people talking about Hillary and Obama smell. This fat, out-of-shape, whatever he is. This is what – and so these guys, you heard uh, Judge – what's her name? Judge – the one, uh, the one on Fox News, whatever her name is, crazy lady, the one that uh, uh, Whoopi Goldberg beat up on on the, on the View, told her to shut the hell up and get off the show. And you hear these people. That judge lady, it, it, okay. Lorraine. Yeah, I mean, Janine, Judge Janine, that's her name. Judge Janine. I mean, you heard, you know, Bill O'Reilly in there. You didn't hear Shepard Smith. Because Shepard Smith don't play that stuff on Fox. And, you know, and so Shepard Smith tells the truth when it comes to what's happening in this administration. And he usually is on the other end of, you know, Sean Hannity going after him. They're fighting amongst themselves over there. Think about all the major Republicans, folks, who have walked away from the party. Your beloved George H.W. Bush voted for Hillary. You just had a Democratic, I mean, a, a GOP congresswoman leave the Law Cabinet Association. These are gay uh, Republicans because they endorsed the president. They said, I just can't live. I can't live with the fact that I have to go home and face my children to say that I voted for this person. Look at all the GOP retirements. You have people, Jerome, that says, that listen, when we're in these private soundproof elevators at the, at, 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 you know, on Congress on the Hill, Republicans mm-hmm. are telling me, look, man, I'm sorry, yeah, I, this guy is a, is atrocious. But as soon as I walk out these doors, you know what I'm gonna say? 
I can tell you this in confidence, but I got to save my seat. Right. I have to save my seat. Think about that for a second. You're going to put your interest, just like this president, in front of the American people's interest because you want to have a lifetime seat in Congress. And let's not talk about Mitch O'Connell. Look, the damage of the Trump presidency, we can talk about everything that this guy has done. But the one thing that is not out there that people who don't follow this stuff every day don't realize is how many federal judges that he has appointed to the benches, Jerome. Mm-hmm. That's going to do more damage than anything this clown has currently done in this White House. Yeah. And yeah. Mitch McConnell provided cover mm-hmm. to let him do that, Jerome. Mitch McConnell blocked President Obama from appointing judges to the circuit benches because this is Mitch McConnell. This is why these guys need to they need to have term limits just like the president. It is unreal how these guys can be lifetime Congress people and the president only gets eight years. But these people can stay there forever. This guy needs to be gone. Let's say you. Hey, no, I know they need to be gone. Like that's the, that's the issue. We know that you know. I'm I'm very hesitant in changing laws because you have bad people, right? But that is pretty much how laws are created, right? People create laws out of fear, just like they vote out of fear. That's why the Republicans are. That's why they were like that with Obama. They were trying to scare white people. They weren't really, they weren't true, and they weren't really targeting people who actually pay attention, right? So they were they were creating fear. People live out of fear. Or, or that's what they found is the early way to help them move is through fear. Now, it only works on a small segment of the people, so they have to discourage everybody else from voting. In the case of, like, Mitch McConnell and all of those guys, it's an easy, very easy solution that no matter what state you're in, you vote Democrat to get him out of majority. You have to get those guys out of majority because... That's the only way to kind of rectify it. And like when someone said to me about the Supreme Court judges and all of the other stuff, um, a counter to that is to make sure Congress is overwhelmingly re- Democrat. Because the only way that stuff goes to the Supreme Court generally is if Congress does not make a, a law or they didn't vote on something, right? So then you can challenge it. But the Supreme Court can only make decisions based upon what lawmakers do. They they, they interpret oh. laws. They don't, they don't make them. So if you have a law that comes in that's very clear, that comes out of Congress and then is signed by the president, goes to the Senate, signed by the president, they don't have anything to rule. They'll just be like, well, you know what? It clearly states this and we can't overrule it. It's just the ambiguous wording that they put in laws allows the um, Supreme Court to interpret. So here's here's a here's a the, the trick is that people need to vote in their state and local government and put more Democrats in because they're overwhelmingly controlled by Republicans who put a lot of these laws on the book, the abortion stuff and all of that. If you get Democrats back in there, change those laws, make Congress overwhelmingly Democrat, and take the Senate back, those will change those laws, right? You have to really be careful of blue dog Democrats, though. They are they are Republicans masked as Democrats. So you have to get those guys out of there. Even the Nancy Pelosi's and Chuck Schumer's, who who pretty much are 
those people who say, well, we can see their side and we need to work together, those guys need to be out of there because they're holding status quo. You need to change, like, really a hard right. You need a hard change, and I don't mean that politically. You need a hard change from the policy that Mitch McConnell and those guys have put in there. You know, the, the environmental stuff that they put in there, you need to undo them. You cannot just say, well, now that they're there, we need to work together. You need to get rid of them. So there's an answer to that question. But Mitch McConnell and those guys are doing damage beyond belief. And the next Democrat that goes in there, they're going to be like, oh, my gosh, we are having a recession and people are losing jobs. And you're going to blame the next president for that. But remember, it was caused by the three years of this guy. He just set a path of spending all your money that Obama saved you. Well, think about it, Jerome. His, his own Fed chairman just pretty much said, hey, the reason why we're having some issues with the economy is kind of because of these trade wars, which is a slap in the face to President Obama. I mean, not President Obama, but President Trump. Oh, God, Donald Trump. And, you know, now you know he's been bashing that guy recently. You know, people are starting to maybe tell some of these truths, and I think that once they realize maybe this guy's not as powerful as they really think he is, maybe they'll come out and tell the truth. But I want to go back to something that you talked about, how important it is to put Democrats uh, 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 in, in office. When you look at what's been going on, Joe, how does that happen? The nation, for the most part, has been voting overwhelmingly Democrat for the past 15 or 20 years, but they still so they not have not. State houses is because of gerrymandering. So do you think that's the right. bigger issue now? Gerrymandering? Right, do you think that's the number one priority right now people need to be taking a look at? Right. So how that goes generally is that the gerrymandering makes it weighs Republican votes heavier than it does Democrats, right? So just because they redrew the lines for voting districts. But the trick of all of that is that the census is twenty twenty. So they're going to redraw them after the next election cycle. So if the Congress still holds the, the House and then the Democrats start taking some of these state houses, they get to redraw the lines. So this is a time to actually take all of that stuff back if you want to do something about it. But just remember this number. When um, 55% of Democrats vote, and that's across the board, a Republican wins the White House generally. When 60% vote, Democrats win pretty easily. And if 70% vote, like what happened when Obama ran, it is a landslide. So it is not about you catering to rural white voters ever. It is going to get your base out. So Democrats, there's a, a very simple metric to this. If you can get out 60% of votes, in Democrat land, no matter, and it's going to increase the number of Republicans that come out, but they never win. Those numbers are pretty much at the zone. You get 60%, it is going to be a doggone landslide. And if you get 70, it is going to be a tsunami. It's going to be a blue wave again. Those numbers do not lie. So we keep, and when we watch people like Hillary and we watch other people, you know, the Harry Reeds of the world when he was there, they're always catering to rural white folks. And rural white folks, I'm not blaming them. You have your um, ideology that you live by. But that is not what the majority of this country thinks. 
So you can't have the minority of the country ruling the majority because you're just creating an imbalance and you keep creating, creating this imbalance. Democrats, again, need to take heed to that, and I don't know who they're listening to, who their strategies are, but they really need to stop watching TV because it is really that simple. Get your people out, you'll win. It, you know, Jerome mentioned, uh, uh, Vanessa, the census. Now let me let me see. This is how this is how the game is being played. Let's tie it all together for a second, right? Because he said lines are redrawn based on that, right? Think about this for a second. One of the things that they try to do is add what to the census report. They try to add a citizenship question because they knew what that what would that do? That would do, that would deter some people from filling out the census. So guess what? The census will never give you a true reading of what's going on because people are running. From that, do you see how deep the game is these people are playing? Do you see how deep the game is that they're playing? And it's amazing how when you look at this from a broader, from the 10,000-foot view, how the, how the, the GOP is playing a long-range game. That's what they're doing. It's amazing to watch this. And it's amazing to sit back and be a part of this conversation, you know, the way we've been for the past seven years, just to watch how this country is trending and to watch how things We've talked about gerrymandering before. You know, the Electoral College, that's a relic of the past. You name me at any level, when people vote, when when they vote for a class president, what do they do? They don't say, well, guess what, Uh, you know, they they had to win the majority of the eighth graders in their own class in order, if they won the majority of the eighth graders, regardless of how many people voted sixth and seventh grade, but if they won a certain percentage of the eighth graders and they win the class president, it's simple. You get more votes, you win. People talk about Hillary Clinton, and sometimes this kind of irks me because they say, well, you know, Hillary Clinton, you know, she she didn't win. Hillary Clinton got three more, three million more votes than this guy did. So how can you say that she didn't win when she got more votes than, than this guy did? Your thoughts, Vanessa? Well, I don't uh, – Jerome might know which one it is, but I did hear on the news where one of the states changed it, how you take the electoral vote. Because Hillary did win in some states the vote. She just didn't get the electoral vote. She got the popular vote. So some places are trying to change that, Jay. Some people are getting ready for the election, like California. They're getting ready for the election where Donald Trump can't run in California unless he shows his tax return. Now, he's fighting them on it, but I think that they can make whatever rules they want for their state. Uh, So I just get so tired of hearing people say, the young people say, my vote doesn't matter. They're going to do what they want to do anyway. But can you blame them, though? Stop right there for a second. Stop stop right there for a second. Stop right there for one second. Can you blame them? Let's look at what happened in Texas. And I had this this conversation with a a family member of mine, Vanessa. He talked about how, and and, and we talk about this on the show, President Obama won every major metropolitan city in the state of Texas. And he still lost the state. And so they're saying, well, wait a minute. Come on. We have the fourth largest city in the nation here. We have Dallas, San Antonio, Austin, 
all these big metro, metropolitan areas and the suburbs, Georgetown and things of that nature, Katy and you know, and all those places, Richmond and and you know, Plano, Texas. He wins all of these major popula- popula- uh, populated cities, but he still loses the state. So can you? And this is when it goes back to the electoral college. So it's like, can you blame young people? I mean, God, I'm voting, and you know, this guy still wins the state. So can you blame them for thinking that? Jay, they're gonna have to get out to vote to get um, forty-five out of office. They're gonna, they're have, gonna to, have to. They're gonna have to get out to vote. I'm sorry. There's no doubt about that. But it's like Jerome said earlier. You, Democrats have to vote were twice. Awesome that you just gave. But 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 Democrats have to vote. You know, I mean, in droves in order to make up for how. The voting systems are skewed for Republicans. I remember reading an article not too long ago where it said that the state—I forget the state—that that, that the, I think it was 50, people in the state voted 60% Democratic, but then when they all the numbers shook out, the, the Republicans still controlled the governorship. They still controlled the state house. How does that happen? How does that happen? And then you, you work, then, you, then people are saying, well, my damn vote don't count any damn way. Why am I voting? Unfortunately, Jay, if something happens to that other judge, he's going to get to put another judge in, and they wouldn't even allow Obama to do that. That was Mitch McConnell. All Jay, but you, All you, can't, you can't quit, though, right? So when you say that. I'm that's wrong. No, 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 I know you're not. I'm just saying that for the public record. You can't quit. So what happens, just think of it as a sports analogy, right? You go into halftime and you down, say you're playing basketball, you're down 20 points. Do you quit? Right? We're still all breathing. So you can turn that tide. You just need to have somebody give you a pep talk. Somebody needs to know that it's possible. Because if you're going to sit back and let somebody walk over you, Everybody is going to say, wait a minute. It is At some point, it's going to be time to stand up, right? So everybody was complacent. The problem was Democrats had no confidence that um, a dotard would win their presidency. Somebody who actually has um, some kind of mental um, stability issue, right? And we could talk about how narcissistic and, and all of that stuff that that dude is. But if you have not seen... Um, the news this week and him saying that he's the chosen one and all that other stuff, those are mental problems, right? And so if you could not see that coming a while ago, then you have the problem. But Democrats found complacency in saying nothing's going to change, Hillary's going to win anyway, and they opted out of the process. So that does not mean that the next time, now that they saw that movie, they're, that doesn't mean that they're going to, you know, stay out of the process. It's just the problem is, is that when you put another Democrat in, you make sure it is not somebody like, um, you know, Harry Reid or somebody, like somebody who is a blue dog Democrat who is complacent. That's why with people like Alexander um, Ocasio-Cortez and Ayanna Presley, those guys took out establishment Democrats. And now people are losing their minds, hating those women for nothing at all. They did nothing to nobody. 
right? And people are like, oh, my gosh, they're scaring white folks. But you have to go through the Democratic Party. The Democratic Party needs an enema. Like, you got to go get them up out of there. And so just yeah. remember your advocacy um, during these changing times. Like, once that wave comes, you got to watch who you put in place. Because the reason that this country has not changed um, for black people is because every time there's a wave, they put in the same, um, they put in the same, men- the people with the same mentality. They run for re-election. They're like, this time we're going to do something different, and they don't do anything different. Those guys, were, the Democrats yeah. was not backing Obama like they should have, because they wouldn't even got swept in the midterms. What happened was they started believing all this hype on TV, and Hillary even ran away from Obama until her numbers looked bad, and then it was like Obama needs to go out and do more work for Hillary. It's his fault that she lost. Those fools were distancing themselves from him, and he honored them. He said, okay, if y'all don't need me, cool. And they didn't use him, and they lost. And now everybody's like, where's Obama? We need him. Right? We have schizophrenia issues. Yeah, there are are a lot of issues. I mean, there are a lot of uh, articles out there saying, you know, where is President Obama? You know, he's still on the sideline. But like I talked about, even with that fake thing with the check where Republicans were voting against uh, the stimulus package, but then they would go to to their congressional uh, districts and stand up and post with the big check. You know, it's still no different. Uh, than uh, what happened with the GOP when it comes to other things. They play this game. You know, you talk about how people say, well, President Obama should have said something about the meddling. He didn't say anything. Democrats, we don't blame President Obama for not uh, saying that Russia was uh, messing around the elections. Well, what you don't know is President Obama tried to get with the Senate and say, okay, look, we're going to go ahead and put out a joint statement and talk about what's going on with election meddling. But guess what? Mitch McConnell came back and said, if they put that information out public, we're going to sell the narrative that you guys are trying to steal the election by putting that bogus information out there and trying to skew it. So Mitch McConnell's office even fought the president of the United States when he says, look, we're going to make a joint statement saying condemning what Russia is doing for the elections. And now if we fast forward, we know why Mitch was doing this, Moscow Mitch is doing this, because he had a bigger plan. You just don't know what these people are doing when they're meeting behind closed doors. Because Mitch McConnell is the same guy that supported lifting the sanctions against uh, Russian people so they can build a new aluminum uh, freaking thing in his community. Jackie, you sound like you were trying to say something. I'll give you the final word. Go ahead. Yeah, it's because uh, it's, it's too funny. I never heard so much request from an input from a past president in my entire life. <laughs> You didn't care much yeah. when he was there. How about that? Yeah. He's not well, the pre- well, no, President Obama is not the president anymore. That's true. It's just hilarious. True statement. I mean, all I got to but say I, is uh, pray uh-huh. and and vote in twenty pray and twenty. Vote. Too many too many you know, people they want to pray but too many people wanna pray and not take action. Your gotta quit you to take action. Vote, Pray yeah. vote. everybody, because okay. that's I mean, how that's how Trump got yeah. in. I held my Pray nose. I held my nose and voted for Hillary because I knew anything else was going to be a vote for Trump. I knew it, hmm. so I had to hold my nose as much as I didn't want to vote for her. But I knew anything hmm. else would be a vote for Trump, and I knew I didn't want that fool in. So next time, pray and vote. 
use your right. And I and I admit, at one season, I used to have that attitude of my vote doesn't matter. And yeah. that's something I had to stop because I see, because it's been proven to me time and time again, your vote does matter. Young people, your yeah. vote does matter. Black people, your vote does matter. It does matter. You can't complain You're about right. stuff if you don't vote. That's true. That's, don't that's complain. That's a correct statement. All right, Jackie. We're going to leave it there. All right, it's time to step out, take an NPR news update. And after that, it's on a need-to-know basis with Mr. Jerome Spree. We'll talk to you in about two minutes. You listen to this serious side. Support for NPR and the following message come from HEB. Now through October 1st, get free next-day curbside pickup and home delivery. Just place your order online, and HEB's personal shoppers do the rest. Subject to availability. See HEB.com for details. Indianapolis Colts quarterback Andrew Luck made it official after last night's preseason game. He is retiring at the age of 29 after seven years with the Colts. Andrew Luck had been hampered by an ankle injury during training camp. Another setback in a line of injuries since he was the NFL's overall number one draft pick in 2012. Luck says the series of ailments has taken a physical and mental toll on him. He says it also affected his long-term outlook. I don't feel like I've lived the life, you know, I can't live the life that I want to live moving forward. Luck says he originally planned to tell his teammates after the Saturday night game and announce it publicly the next day, but that plan changed after it became public during the Colts' preseason game against the Chicago Bears. Luck was booed by fans as he walked off the field when the game ended. He said, that hurt. For NPR News, I'm Greg Eklund. Attending this weekend's PGA Tour Championship near Atlanta describes the lightning strike that injured six people as a big explosion with an aftershock you could feel. Lightning struck a pine tree where the six had sought shelter during storms in the area. Players are expected to finish the third round today, followed by the final round. National Hurricane Center in Miami says Barbados now under a tropical storm launch, and that parts of the Windward and Seaward Islands will likely be under an advisory later today. Forecasters tracking what is now tropical storm Dorian. They say Dorian could be near hurricane strength over the eastern Caribbean on Tuesday. I'm Giles Snyder, NPR News from Washington. Dazzles on election night in a. Tell me, what do you want me to do? Pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. All right, folks, it's time for my favorite portion of the show, All the Need to Know Basis with Mr. Jerome Spree. Jerome, man, what do you have for us this morning? Okay, you know, I have. Um, just, okay, I, I really didn't know where I was going to begin on this, but here. U.S. Customs and Border Protection said that it will not be administering vaccines to immigrants who were, what they said, um, uh, um, allegedly, or, yeah, alleged in detention centers for short times. So they're allegedly saying that they're going to be in a, for short times, so we don't need to give them vaccinations. So they said operating vaccination program is complex. So they do not want to give them vaccinations, knowing if you house a couple of thousand people in the same place and one person catches a cold, everybody's probably going to get sick. 
But I'm not I'm not encouraging vaccinations in the story. I'm just reporting that they said they won't do it. And I'm almost glad that they won't too to some degree because who knows what they're gonna test on them folks. We have a bad history of doing that in this country. All right. Now, the U.S. created 500,000 fewer jobs last month than initially reported. So, according to the figures that um, weekends, um, Dotard claimed that his tax cuts stimulated hiring. So, the the revision in jobs numbers was reported in new data released on Wednesday by the Bureau of Labor and Statistics. And, again, still have not created more jobs than President Obama. Just want to put that out there. Even with the tax cuts, still hasn't. Now, the federal government deficit will top $1 trillion in 2020 and will be at least $1.2 trillion in the next decade because of those doggone tax cuts. Now, the Congressional Budget Office is increasing its forecast for the deficit over the next decade by $809 billion. The deficit exceeding $1 trillion will kick in at the beginning of next year. So just so you have some perspective on what these numbers are, Obama decreased his deficit, the federal deficit, by two-thirds during his time in office. He decreased the deficit by that. This fool is going to add $1 trillion to it by the end of next year. I'm glad you brought that up because people are not talking about that. I'm glad you yeah. brought that up. We talked about that a few years back, how people talked about Obama was, yes, you know what, the deficit is actually going more. down under his watch. Yeah, mm-hmm. it went down two-thirds. You're right. And, and here is why I say this about, you know, um, Talib, um, Congresswoman Talib and, and AOC and uh, um, Ayanna mm-hmm. Presley and that Congresswoman Presley. When they mm-hmm. say, here's what we should do, to help our planet or to be more sovereign or to, you know, help out with reusable energies. Everybody and their mother's like, how are we going to pay for it? How, how did we pay for this $1 trillion deficit we got right now? Ain't nobody paying no attention to that, but they, they are unreasonable. I, I think that it's unreasonable to not look at it um, really simplistically. We have money to spend on certain things, and no money to spend on others. So if we go to right. war right now, we will spend another trillion dollars bombing somebody. But we're like, mm-hmm. it's our children. If they talk about, hey, we need to have good school lunches, who go, who going to pay for it? Like, we are crazy like that. So anyway, mm-hmm. just, again, so as you hear us talk about this on this show, remember, money means something to some people when a certain amount, a certain group of people spend it. You know, so mm-hmm. if it's black people and you need like $300 million for something, it's like, oh, my God, where are we going to get that? And then you buy one helicopter for about, you know, $800 million, and everybody's like, well, we might have needed the helicopter. Mm-hmm. You know. All right, CEOs mm-hmm. of the top 181 uh, American, top American companies have released a statement saying that a corp, um that a corporation's purpose is better um, is better to society than um, well. Let me restate that. The statement is saying that a corporation's purpose is to better society and support local communities 
than to maximize profits for stakeholders. Now, this new definition that was released on Monday by the Business Roundtable is a group that dates back to 1997. It gathers over 200 of America's most influential um, corporate leaders, and the new statement says that corporations will now focus on valuing customers. You would think they would did that before. Investing in employees by hiring diverse groups and compensating them fairly, dealing ethically with suppliers, and protecting the environment with sustainable practices. You would think that that was a part of their corporate policy as much as they've been lying up over all these years. They now you are like changing. to think, right? Wow. Crazy. You like to think. So the statement was signed by 108 business leaders, including J.P. Morgan Chase, CEO Jamie Dimon, Amazon's Jeff Benzel and uh, Bezos, and um, um, I guess General Motors um, CEO and Apple's CEO Tim Cook. So now they want to get, you know, again, I think the the um, founder of Walmart would be rolling over if he knew what his kids was doing to his company. He was all about customer service, which made him rich. All right, now. American families will pay $1,000 a year for dotard tariffs against China. Now, J.P. Morgan just released their analyst, uh, analysis, and uh, the chief analysis at J.P. Morgan said that um, Trump's next round of tariffs on China could cost each household an additional $400. So with the previous tariffs, this equates to about $1,000. So they expect if he goes up on the other threat of raising tariffs another 25%, the yearly cost on American families will go up to um, $1,500 a year. Just if I'm not mistaken, tariff. he fixed that last night. They, I think, Jerome, they voted on it yesterday, and they, got, they came to a conclusion about a tariff. So let's hope that that sticks. But they did negotiate something last night. Yeah, but that, that doesn't mean the farmers will automatically like what's what's going on, Vanessa. When you talk about tariffs, is that there are okay. farmers that filed bankruptcy already, and their yeah because their also products, their land went down a whole lot of money per acre. I'm keeping up with it. Yeah, I know what it means. Yeah, is. yeah. So they're filing bankruptcy, and you there's some costs you're not going to be able to recoup. They're just saying that the cost of the American families um, with that. Um, it's already costing us $1,000, and even if they settle the deal, it just means that it won't go up at a rapid pace, but you're still going to pay more. He's not going to be able to stop that because the, the damage that he's already done for American farmers is probably going to be felt um, in the future because now we lost market share when people start getting their soybeans and other things from different countries. So, yeah, I, I didn't see the news on that, but... You know, now the number of children born in China, speaking of China, <clears throat> shot up by more than five million in the last eighteen months. <laughs> that is an amazing number to me. Now, the the nation abandoned its co- controversial one-child policy. It was in 2015. Um, they said with its population approaching one billion dollars, uh, one billion people, the Chinese government introduced the legislation in 1990. 1979 that limited families to just one child and it announced now that it has a two-child policy in 2015 so again 
18 months, another 5 million people in China. Now, Michael Jackson's former spokesman, um, um, Ramona Bain, sparked a little controversy when she called a press conference to make a major announcement this week about her friend's legacy, Michael Jackson. And um, she said that he's been a victim of his death, is what Bain said in a press conference in Washington, D.C. She said, Michael Jackson is no punching bag, and he deserves better. She informed the press, um, encouraging them to cancel their subscription to HBO because of that Finding Neverland um, show that even the producers are saying, and Oprah is now backtracking, and they didn't know it was inaccurate when she was hyping that up. You know, you would think Oprah would have paid some attention to that. But anywho, so Michael Jackson's former general manager and president and COO of the Jackson Company revealed why she summoned the media together and that she's founding a new foundation being formed in the singer's name. And she said that this foundation is to fight back and to preserve, protect, and defend Michael Jackson and all that he did in life. So, of course, the media wanted to know where the money was coming from, and she said from private and um, public fundraising. So it don't matter who's funding it. They need a media campaign to stop that um, and start suing people for lying on Michael Jackson. So they just formed a, um, a foundation to do it. Now, That's good to a release, hear. Yeah, that is really good to hear. Now, a release date for the sequel of the record-breaking superhero film Black Panther has been announced. So writer-director Ryan Coogler um, said that the new release will be May 2022. So he said that they need to get it right. If you don't know, Black Panther made over $1.3 billion worldwide box office. Um, it was critically in, um, a box office success, breaking multiple records. Um, including North America's record for the highest-grossing superhero film. So, you know, they're they're back and they're working on 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 this. Now, I don't know if you guys saw this, and I always I have complained about this in the past that ABC News and their conservative ABC, the parent company, and NBC's parent company is conservative. That's why they got rid of Keith Olbermann on MSNBC. Um, they actually put Sean Spicer on Dancing with the Stars. So, of course, there was a media backlash, but he can earn up to $295,000 on Dancing with the Stars. Did you hear about that, Jay? Yeah, you know, and it's interesting you bring that up, Jerome, because it's like they're making simple of the lies that this fool told while he was the press secretary. Unbelievable, man. It's like rewarding him for bad behavior. Yes. So they normalize people people who add to our discourse. Right, so remember Paula Dean, you know, gets her racist stuff in there. Then they put her on Dancing with the Stars. And who was the guy, Ryan Lochte, who lied when he was in a foreign country during the Olympics. Then he comes back, they put him on Dancing with the Stars. They normalize crazy. But again, you know what? There was even no proof that OJ was even nowhere near Nicole. But you think they'll put him on Dancing with the Stars? I don't think so. But anyway... I just thought I'd put that in there. Now, <laughs> now, hundreds of people have taken to Twitter posting cruel messages celebrating the death of the billionaire conservative David Koch. Now, if you don't know who he is, David and Charles Koch built their fortune for Koch Industries 
It's the second largest privately held company in the U.S. They funded Americans for Prosperity, all of these conservative think tanks that have been um, trying to kill environmental regulations for the benefit of business. And um, they are, you know, as soon as child's code passed, I'm thinking, no, yes. Soon as child, what is it? I'm trying to think which one died. It was David Koch that died. So Bette Midler um, has her little bit of controversy because she. Oh, I'm sorry, by the way, both men are estimated at about five or fifty billion dollars each. They're eleventh richest, tied for eleventh richest person in the world. So, um, and you can't boycott Coke because they make everything from Dixie cups to brawny paper towel to um, um, black stuff that's in your cell phones and if you wear a spandex the Koch brothers have stuff like they invested in a lot of industries that's really hard to boycott them but anyway Bette Miller who wasn't a bit shy about her political opinion posted on Twitter calling uh, uh, it wishful thinking that she believed that Charles Koch had passed away but it was actually David so she said Charles Koch had died instead of David Koch is dead. Now, I'm sorry for giving false hope. Uh, I guess it was wishful thinking as um, we watched the Amazon rainforest burn um, and the global warming culprits in the foremost of one's mind. You know, so we're watching, again, I didn't do that story, but the Amazon rainforest has been burning for, I don't know, um, yeah. has it been a week at least? Yeah. So, but South Coke and Coke Industries were um, big on lobbying that they wanted no environmental protections. And right. so the, the um, I guess the Internet has been bombing those guys. And some people are saying the world is a better place without them. And it's really interesting in looking at some of these comments. People like Alyssa yeah. Milano, you know, who was in Charmed and Who's the Boss and all yeah. that. She is an outspoken progressive, but she said um, those people who were posting gleeful messages, um, she said it's a bad look for Democrats and humans. Now, again, Alyssa Milano need to go sit down someplace. And the reason I say that is because, because like I was saying about liberals and people who are in your camp, the Republicans and and the conservative people can say anything they want about President Obama. But if we said something yeah. about them, it's the liberals on, on their side that will be like, oh, no, you can't say that. But you didn't say nothing when Coke was destroying everything on this doggone planet. And Americans for Prosperity is still well-funded, and a lot of dark money that's in politics are coming from the Coke brothers. So I yeah. wanted to make sure I spent some time on that, by the way, because that is crazy. Absolutely. All right, Jerome, we have time for one more, sir, because, man, I didn't realize we were this Okay. Time. Yeah, I didn't even look at the time. My bad, my bad. All right, so, no, no, um, okay, so, I, I, one, one more. Okay, so <laughs> there was a Pennsylvania priest who stole nearly $100,000 in church donations to pay um, to pay men uh, on Grinder. Now, I don't know what Grinder is, but it don't sound like a very good place to be. So Reverend <laughs> Joseph Clue <laughs> uh, from St. Joseph Catholic Church, um, allegedly funneled donations made by parishioners to fund his sleazy habits for eight for at least eight years. 
at least. Okay, I know that wasn't a good one, but you pressed me, and I didn't. I didn't see the last one. Coming. No, no, that's, that's, no, that's good, man. That, that, that'll work. Your final thoughts are coming. Maybe you can throw another one in. All right. Okay. And on that note, time for a final thoughts. All right, uh, Vanessa, uh, your first final thoughts. I'm here. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, final thought is, I'm going to have to bounce off of Jackie. And I say it every week. People are going to have to vote for everything other than the regular presidential election. We can get them out. He has lost his mind by saying that he is my God. He is most certainly not the God that I'm fixing to go and serve. Uh, so people need to be watching and paying attention to this man and don't wait till 2020 because he's setting free lunches. And all kinds of stuff for the kids, and people aren't paying attention to this. So I just say that I'm like Jackie. We have to pray, and we have to vote. And I'm gonna hang with that. Good stuff. All right. Thank you. Continue to I pray for y'all. the nation and us. Love you too. All right. Alrighty. All right, Jackie. Final thoughts. Uh, the Bible said it. You can't serve both God and Mammon. And America, your God has been mammoth. So now you got a mammoth president. How you like it? <laughs> you know, that that that's no shocker. He talking about how he got like, oh, really, mammoth? You are? So now that you see what it's like to have a mammoth president, we now need to focus and pray and vote. As I stated, I'll state it again. Pray and vote for who's going to be a godly president who cares about the state of old the U.S. See, how are you going to pledge to Russia and then try to run the U.S.? Okay, funny. So pray and vote. Praying and vote. I put it on the T-shirt. I promise I'll give you some of the proceeds. All right, smartest man in the world, Mr. Jerome Street, man. Final thoughts, sir? All right, so on that thought, I'm going to do this last story that I should have done. You know, for a, a woman was handed probation after she pulled a live foot-long alligator from her pants when she was stopped by police. She also had 41 turtles in her backpack. She was smuggling them to, into Florida. And she ran a stop sign, and they found one live baby alligator that she hid in her pants. Anyway, thank you. Good night. I'm just joking about how that goes. <laughs> okay. All right. That was, I'm just, hey, that was a good one. I, I'm just reporting stories, Jay. Uh, I'm just a mess. <laughs> That's a good one. Wow. <laughs> All right. My final thoughts are just thank everyone for coming out and uh, being a part of uh, the 10th anniversary celebration. It was really fun to hear from people from back in the day. It was, it was really fun to hear old Chris. It was just a great, great time. So we appreciate you. Hopefully we'll be here doing this. For another, well, I don't know, ten years, but who knows? Hopefully, we're on a new, hopefully we're on a new uh, uh, platform where you can really get out here and hear us in the masses. But we appreciate everybody who listens to us every Sunday, who allows us to come into their homes. God bless you all, and continue to listen to the serious side. And on that note, Mister Spring, if it's Sunday, we're talking serious stuff. What time is it, my friend? Time for the serious side of Jay Rowe Show. All right, folks, listen to that man right. That sounds good. Sounds better than Mr. Elias. All right, speaking of Mr. Elias, he'll be back next week. 
Johnny D will be back next week. Full crew will be in the house. So, for Vanessa, for Jackie, and for the smartest man in the world, Mr. Jerome Spree, I'm Jerry Riles, and have a wonderful work week to remember every Sunday. And we're talking serious stuff. It is the serious side. Heading to Florida. I'm a guest on the Florida radio show. I'll tell you about it next week. God bless everybody. Take care. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. 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 Network.